Clearly mark the radio dial setting at MotorCityGaming.com. Do not use your phone. It must be reserved for vital emergency messages so that you can receive official news and civil defense instructions on the Conrad frequency used in your area. Your life may depend on this. The last line of defense in major gaming news. Gamezilla Alpha. Prepare to take shelter and obey instructions instantly. This is the underground resistance. Join the Alpha Force. This is the plan to help you and others who need you. A plan to live, to work, and fight as did your forefathers. Now, let's check the plan together step by step. Gamezilla Alpha. Welcome to Gamezilla Alpha, where we do not have dental insurance. And when I asked Grim about it, he said, Hey, that was your job, so there's that. Mama Chief is fine. <laughs> well, hold on a you sec. just spit all over your mic. <laughs> hold, hold, on, hold on a second right there. <laughs> I had to put those dentures back in. I'm 33 years old and lost all my teeth. It's all your fault, Jazzy. Welcome to episode 19 of the GameZilla Alpha. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the Motor City Gaming Studios, Jazzy! Well... <laughs> I I started to do it and then I immediately thought I sounded like the Colonel from like the Kentucky Fried Chicken commercials and I'm like, ooh, this is not a good not a good sound for me. So yeah, yeah. I've got I've got okay. all my teeth except for one. I got all my teeth except for eight nine of them. Yeah, yeah. mine was mine was a a hockey travesty. Oh, mine was a birth defect ish slash. Doctor, mess up. Uh, but that's for a different podcast. Mine's cooler. <laughs> Yours is one hundred percent cooler. If we're gonna go with the cool factor, I will, right. I will agree with you. This episode is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you want early access to this show along with other great perks, head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. Start your patronage today, and there's gonna be some new perks coming up. So you gotta keep your eyeball on it. And oh. see all the cool new shit. Only one happening. eyeball, because if you use both of them, it's like that invisible ink trick. You won't see them. Yeah, and if you're left-handed, you have to u- use your left eyeball. And if you're right-handed, you also have to use your left eyeball. Fact, yeah. Yeah. yeah we I don't know a, what it is. We bought an extra plug-in for our website so that it does that. Right. Yeah. And for whatever <laughs> reason, you can't use your right eyeball to do it. No. So. Yeah, because right eyes are dumb. Yep. So if you don't have a left eye, then you ain't no mm-hmm. Destiny's Child. <laughs> Yeah. Then you ain't no scrub. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, welcome to episode 19 of the Gamezilla Alpha, your your podcast where we pick one topic, talk about it from the video game industry, you know, or we have an interview, or we do, or we, play, or we talk about a specific video game and give you a solid review on it. But today, it is going to be about a new product, a new service. That's on the horizon. Mm. And the excitement around it, what it is, and then also the concern that this could be a shift in the industry, that we could see what the future of gaming could be and the potential negative side effects of this service. So, with that being said, we are talking about Jump. Oh, the Van Halen song. Nope. And not Jumper, the horrible movie, either. That movie was god-awful. <laughs> good. I'm glad you can't even come up with a reason to say that it was good. Yeah, I'm sorry. Good. So- sorry, Jumper. Uh, maybe next time, buddy. 
Yeah, but Jump is something different. It strives to be Netflix for games while still benefiting indie game developers. So this is this is the cool aspect of it is that we've seen I got kind of we've seen some of these companies try to try to, you know, grow into the future of streaming video games. Even PlayStation Now and stuff like that is around here, but they they all have pretty much fallen flat. PlayStation Now is still around, but it's, you know, I've never used it. Have you ever used it? I uh, know. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah, I, Xbox just launched theirs as well. Uh, Ten bucks a month gets you, you know, Xbox games or whatever. And um, so there's there everybody's trying it right now. But Jump is an interesting angle on this. And the, and so let's get into it a little bit. We're gonna explain to you what they're all about, and then we'll get into some positive, negatives, pros, cons. But a new on-demand subscription-based video game service called Jump is preparing to launch, offering an initial library of 60 to 100 indie games, playable for a flat monthly fee of $10 per month. After a closed beta period running between now and July 24th, with a sample library about 10 to 20 games, the full service will offer unlimited ad-free playtime for its highly curated library with about 10 new games added each month for Windows, Mac, Linux, HTC Vive, and Oculus Rift. So they are supporting VR. Jump, yeah. Jump includes all the standard features of a Netflix or Spotify-style service, including a way to browse recently added games, recently updated games, games with new content, and sort, of, and sort games by genre, leaderboards, achievements, cloud saves, matchmaking, and multiplayer all are all handled through a third-party service called PlayFab, which would most notably allow your saves to carry over onto new devices. So that's pretty cool, allowing you to pick up and drop from a laptop to a home computer to you know whatever device you're using. Here's, here's the interesting part. Here's what makes it unique when you're like, oh, this has already been done. Unlike most on-demand gaming services, which suffer from poor latency due to their reliance on cloud streaming technology, Jump uses a web-based technology that allows them to launch games directly into the Jump client. That way, games don't need to fully install on the user's hard drive and instead run locally by only pulling the assets they need. Man, this is huge. This is a, super huge. It's a really interesting way to go about it. I'm still, you know, I still want to see it in action. But the concept mm -hmm. here is that you're only pulling, you know, the level that you're playing and that and, and it's buffering. So the concept is that by the time you get near the end of that level, the following level should be partially loaded so that you don't have to wait for the, you know, for the next level to load. Absolutely. But at the same time, the 60 gig, you know, and, and I'm taking a, you know, a triple A titles file size right now but 60 gigs you're not downloading it all at once you're downloading like a gig here two gigs there a gig here you know and so because of that the latency is reduced because right now our, our infrastructure our internet infrastructure just wouldn't doesn't support it that's why playstation now and other games like that or other services like that have suffered um a lot yeah. because of it so the only thing that really, like, I'm all for this, and I think it's a huge idea, and I think, honestly, <laughs> it might be the only way that you could actually make this work because I think the latency on a cloud streaming, uh, you know, type of technology just isn't, isn't there. So the only problem I see is, like, what happens if it, they, this thing takes off and, like, they can't, they can't 
hold the demand of like server. It's size. I mean, like, it's very <laughs> possible, right? Yeah, like this is this is an up and coming company that you know, do, can they can if the demand exceeds what they can supply, then they're in trouble mm-hmm. very very quickly because it's not easy to just upgrade your infrastructure. Okay, I work in IT. I work in I, I'm a systems administrator. It's not easy to shift gears when you have that when you, let's just say you get bombarded with I don't know let's say you're your uh, Friday the thirteenth and you're expecting you know twenty thousand players and day one you have seventy five thousand players and then you wonder why no one can play your game online mm-hmm. and why did it take and why couldn't they just flip the, snap their fingers and you know make it more powerful it just doesn't work like that right it takes time and so like that that could kill your company. That you know, when, when oh, it's yeah. your business, people are gonna go, "Cool, I'm not giving you my ten bucks." And before you know it, this great idea just burns because you just couldn't support it. Because I don't know about you, but for me, not being able to get into a game client is worse than actually being into a highly, oh, yeah. high, like a laggy game client. Because yeah. at least then I'm still in the game. I could be upset because it doesn't work properly, or I have a bunch of lag, or uh, you know I'm I can't play it properly, or I'm I'm dying because of how bad it is. But not being able to get into it at all immediately turns me off to where it's like, okay, I don't want to play this game anymore. Yeah, and it's also like a, uh, it's also like a. And one and done type deal. So, like a lot of times with with uh, smartphone apps, right? Smartphone games, particularly. I don't play a lot of them, but every once in a while, I give one a try, and I'll go load it up, and it'll sit there on the load screen, and I have a patience level. I think I think a lot of people work this way. If it if the game doesn't load out to where I can hit the press start, you know, uh, screen quick enough. I just close it, and at that point, it gets erased from my phone because yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm like, well, you had a chance and you blew it. Yep, it's got that, about thirty. <laughs> it's a thirty. This is this is the exact way I do it. It's got about thirty seconds. Yeah, and if it doesn't load, I go to the actual like forum to see if there's some sort of problem. And if there's not some problem with the device that it's on, or like, hey, we know this is something that's going on, we're fixing it, then I immediately am just like, nope, done, don't. Don't want don't want to play this anymore. I can't even load into it one time. Not yeah. for me. Like the re- the recent game that I that I kind of broke this rule because it did take a while to load was the uh, Marvel Future Fight that was recommended to us by our streamer, uh, our head streamer Cable, uh, Cable Two KX. He said it. You know, it was a cool game. It kind of was. Um, you know, uh, Diablo-esque yeah, style. and like a hack and slash. Yeah, hack Diablo. and slash. And I was like, all right, you know, I got plenty of handhelds, but I'll download it because it's free and I'll give it a try. And I booted it up and it just sat there for a while. I was like, oh boy, I'm getting on that. I'm getting to that point. I'm getting to that point. And then it clicks. I was like, all right, cool. And it goes, okay, now we just have to download 440 megabytes of updates. And I was like... Ah, oh, normally this is where I would just bail and say, sorry, I'm out, you know, but... Yeah, listen here, app game companies. Let me tell you something. When you have updates that you have to put in your game or you need to download more content because that's what you put in the, the goddamn bottom loading bar every time. You can, must download current game content. Put that in the beginning. Like while the game's loading up. You have a load up screen and then immediately go into a download bar for updates. For whatever the hell reason you've you've all decided, because I don't know a game that fucking does this yet. 
whatever reason you've decided to where you put you open the app and it goes through the load screen and then you have a button that you click to start then it goes into the download don't make me fucking click a button before those downloads start because i think i'm going to be able to play the game yeah 100% it's just annoying <laughs> as shit all right so so we've expressed some of our our concerns or some of our issues with lagginess and stuff where this and and you expressed the concern that this could have a problem if too many people tried to you know use it all at once right but uh, i do want to keep talking about the concept we haven't we haven't completely covered the concept and that is the the concept is Netflix for gamers. It's been a controversial subject among independent game developers in the past, but Anthony Palma, CEO, and Cade Peterson, VP of Content and Community, believe they've found a way to make it work for both gamers and game developers by focusing on discoverability and providing a new source of revenue for games that have worn out their premium sales. Keyword so, there, premium sales. Yeah. So this is their, this is a quote from Palma. We want this to be the logical next step in the life cycle of content. If you think about the parallel to the movie industry, a movie goes on premium sales through theaters, and then those sales start to dip off. They look at other avenues and eventually end up at subscription services like HBO or Netflix or whatever that doesn't exist in gaming right now, and particularly not for indies. According to Palma, the exact time that Jump chooses to bring in an indie game over its service is important. We work with developers specifically to make sure they're bringing their game to us at the right time in the life cycle. We want them to run their premium sales cycle on Steam or Xbox or wherever, and once those sales dip off to a certain point, then it's better time to bring it over to us. The primary concern with subscription-based gaming services on the development side is that such a model will devalue games in an ecosystem that has already been doing so for years. With cheap game bundles and big game sales on platforms like Steam being the primary way many gamers purchase indie games, some game developers like Will O'Neill, creator of Little Red Lie, blame this on something even larger. And this is Will's comment. The internet itself has has harmed the value of con of creative content and consumer expectations for what they should pay for exp uh, for entertainment has been lowered in general o'neill tells or, or this is from o'neill uh, will o'neill services like netflix and spotify have echoed out beyond their respective medians things like bundles and sales are just symptoms of that fact but the fact that a service like Jump intends to be indie-focused does suggest that they have a handle on our market, being in a greater state of readiness for that kind of service. So, it's interesting. There, this is definitely going to be an indie focus, at least at least out the gate, right? Yeah, initially. Yeah, and if I think... It's successful. I wouldn't see any reason why you wouldn't bring AAA titles to this. Right, and I think they got a really strong point where it's like, get your game out there and have your premium sales your first you know, six six months, a year, whatever it is. And like when you think about it, when you when you get past the big guys, the big indies, right, and you, you know, Housemarks and the Supergiants and, you know, and, and, and all those different guys that like, they're indies, but they're, but they're big. Every time they announce a game, everyone wants to know what it is, you know. Versus like the, the the little guys that are making stuff maybe right out of their garage, this is a huge. This I think is a cool opportunity for them. Um, you know, 
I agree with Will in the sense that the the entertainment and the creative content within the internet has gotten so. One problem is it's so saturated. There's so much, right? You can go to Steam and there's there's more. Like by the time you're done looking at all the games, you don't buy any because you just melted your brain and you don't know yep. what to buy. Like uh, the Steam sale, the Steam actually. Sale, yeah. I bought games, <laughs> but like. I had the intention on buying a lot of games, and I only bought a few because by the time I looked through them all, I was like, um, what was I going to buy? Because I don't even know anymore. Like, yeah. it, I got through, and there were so many games on sale that I made it about a third of the way through the sale list, and I was like, yeah, I just want to play the games that I've already got in my cart. So <laughs> I didn't even get to see all of the deals. Yeah, exactly. So... um. According to Palma, the team at Jump understands how difficult it is to make money from indie games. Palma started out as an indie game developer himself. So there you go, too. You have someone that has been in the industry. Uh, we don't want to cannibalize any premium sales, Palma tells. the. Uh, this was an article through IGN, and real quick it was... I want to give the, uh, the credit where the credit's due. Is it Chalorad? Chalorad. Um, if I butchered that, I apologize, but there you have it. Um, so this was the, the interview. Um, but he doesn't want, they don't want to cannibalize the games. Our goal is to extend revenue for them, not take away from it. Cool. Revenue is added up according to playtime for an individual game, which Palma estimates to be about 25 to 50 cents per one hour of playtime per user. Okay. So this is the part where it's, it's worded weird in the, in, the, in the whatever the quote, but so let's just listen to it and try to decipher this. But again, Palma estimates to be about 25 to 50 cents per hour of playtime per user. Mm -hmm. Okay. We take just 70% of our net revenue versus our full revenue. And we pay that to the developers. So they're going to pay 70% of their net revenue to the developers based on the amount of time that their game got played over the overall the total minutes of gameplay, explains Peterson, who also brings up the issue of Steam refunds and gray market. Steam keys sold on third-party sites costing developers money. With Jump, there is no potential scenario where a user could play for two hours and then refund it. The developer gets paid no matter what. This is this is awesome. This is what I like about it. Cuz they're they're putting their games onto this this avenue and then n not just going for the exposure. Like they're still getting kickback from Jump for not, not only their game. So you're thinking, "Oh, okay, you know, you put your game on here and we'll kick you back this amount of money for for being able to put it on our site." No, this is a we're taking the amount of time people play your game to the minute. And we're going to give you a kickback based upon how much time people have played your game. Yeah, it's it's almost like a a subscription base, but it also feels like royalties. Like yeah. I'm going to put my game there, and then every time someone plays it, I'm going to get something for it. Yeah, it's a, it's like a royalty rental service yeah. almost. <laughs> so discoverability is also a huge issue when it comes to indie games. So many games are released on Steam, um, itch.io, and other platforms every day that it becomes difficult for gamers to find good games to play and difficult for game developers to gain visibility and popularity. 
a game can receive critical acclaim from players and large gaming outlets and still not make a ton of money. Because we're doing a very curated catalog, each of the games will get enough of their time in the sun to earn money, says Peterson. This adds a whole new steam, sorry, a whole new stream of revenue for the developers. Uh, and wouldn't have gotten that they wouldn't have gotten before. Because a lot of the games will be able to earn money from customers who either passed on buying it in the first place or have never heard of it. So that is a it's a cool concept. We have to see how it pans out, right? Right. Because Absolutely. you know this this it all plays this is the win by numbers here. And and what I mean by that is like there's an artist, okay? This is the best way I this is the best way I explain it because I've done this in the past. There's an artist. He pays all this money to have a kiosk in the middle of the mall himself, and he and he puts his stuff on it, and he sells it for you know a good price. And then so that's that's example A, right? He's there's a lot of investment up front, and it's a bit and it's a gamble because you're going to have to have inventory, and it's it's a it's a tough push, but that's but you go for it all in by yourself. Then there's a co-op. And you go in the co-op, and it's cool because it's affordable, and you get wall space. But you're a photographer, and there's five other photographers, right? Mm-hmm. And someone comes in, and they're gonna maybe t- maybe that person likes your photography, and next person comes in, and they like someone else's photography, right? So, but you but you believe you will win based off of foot traffic, increased foot traffic than when you were by yourself over here. And that's pretty much what Jump is here, is that we want, we're, we're going to try to generate 20,000 customers. But if we only generate 5,000 customers, everybody that brought their game here is going gonna, is gonna to hurt for it. But if we think we're going to get 20 and we get 40, then everybody's happy over here because, mm-hmm. because you know there's a the potential that you're making more money than you even expected. So it's all based off of that how big of a group of people can we get to use this platform quickly to benefit the developers? Yeah, absolutely. And I think they were smart in the fact that, like, if it does go wrong, they've kind of uh, outsmarted it in the fact that, hey, we are only doing this to games that we've already partnered with the developer, and the developer and us both think that they're past their prime sales. So we're not taking a, a brand new game and throwing it on here to try to take away from what the developer could make by himself or themselves. We're basically saying, hey, you want to know what? Here's a game that's past its prime that we think deserves some sort of spotlight, be it big or small, to try to gain some more revenue for that developer. So that way people who either A, missed the boat the first time or didn't know about the boat can now find it. Yeah, exactly. It is true. It, it does give that second life to to a lot of these games. Um, so Taylor expresses a similar sentiment when describing his decision to bring The Bridge, a game developed by him, over to Jump. The Bridge is over four years old, and platforms like Jump help to breathe new life into the game and bring it to a new audience that may not have uh, seen the game before. Exactly what you just said, Jazzy. Nope. Even if the audience isn't going to pay the full retail price for it, we're still going to see some revenue from the time that they've played the game, and that's better than nothing uh, we would have seen from those players otherwise. O'Neill, who does not have a game on Jump, 
tells me tells the success of says the success of such a service will come down to how lucrative it is for the developers. His quote is, I think many indie indie developers are now at that point where a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, if not more. So I think his O'Neill's standpoint is that if I have a game, it's valuable. And if I give it to you for this subscription service, then I should make I should get a good kickback. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily how this is gonna work. This more this works more like you know, and I've been in a good and I've been in a bad art co-op, right? A good art co-op is develop for this in this world that we're talking about right now would be would be game developers all getting together, supporting each other, putting their games in, in this platform, and then per, and then getting people to use it all together, using all the resources to make it successful. If you're gonna bother to put your game out here, do the extra legwork and make sure you try to help out. Not just yourself, but everybody. Right. Because by by just getting people in the door, you will benefit. And, you know that that's the concept here. You know, don't don't be that selfish person. Like, well, I got a good game, and I'm going to put it there, and then all I care about is my game. Like, you want to care about your game. It's your product. I get it. Like, it's a you know, it's a business. But if your game is four years old and you've generated some money from it, and and maybe it wasn't what you wanted, and you and this is kind of like a I don't want to call it a last ditch effort, but like this is the, you know, the golden years. Like after this, there's nothing else for this game. And I need to move on to my next project. Like you need to make sure you support the platform itself in a healthy way, not a selfish way. Yeah. From, from a retail standpoint, working retail, um, <laughs> developers need to understand that there are side panels and end caps and power pegs, and check lane, uh, like, register areas that people pay prime real estate money for to put their product there because there are way more splurge buyers in this world than we could care to admit, whether you're one or whether you're not one. And there are (laughs) numerous occasions where somebody's going to go into jump looking for a specific game and stumbling across your game. So you need to build the community to where you want that person to come in for that other game because there's a possibility that they're coming there to, you know, to get a game that they're look they want or look or looking for and then they find your game instead. That's the whole concept. Yeah. So and and you know this is a very Man, what do I want to say? It's it's a it's a fifty fifty world here. You got a lot of people that are throwing a lot of hate at it, and you got a lot of people that think it, that it it has a it definitely has a chance, to, uh, you know, a leg to stand on. But let's get into the our concerns of this of this topic. You have a service here that is promoting streaming. It's promoting lack of ownership. It's promoting you pay us a a fee every month. And we're going to give you access to this library. But the second that that fee goes away, you own nothing. So it goes into that world of, you know, and, and we've accepted it more in other industries like Netflix. Netflix is clearly accepted. Yeah, clearly. Hulu, Hulu is clearly accepted. So when it comes to media like TV shows and movies and stuff like that, we've we've gravitated to that point where it's like, I buy less physical movies than I've ever bought in my life. 
I only buy the physical stuff for like the things I really want, like Star Wars and Marvel movies, and, you know, th things like that. That for me, I just want that physical copy. Otherwise, generally, I also have subscriptions to Netflix and Hulu and stuff, and I and I watch you know shows and movies that way as well. But the concern here is that we are in a we're in an industry that it seems like every time the next generation is is due you know the, like okay the next generation of our councils are coming um are we even going to get more a next gen right like it's always that question like is there going to be physical games is there going to even going to be another playstation is there going to be right those questions always get brought up because the, because the way the world's going and smartphones and tablets and stuff like is there is there a place for the nintendo switch right and i think the i think it's been answered for us there is Mm -hmm. But this is a dangerous zone for me, in my opinion, because I don't like this aspect. The only service I pay for is PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live. Those are the only two. And yes, I get free games, for, but that's a perk. I never pay that fee thinking about the games. I pay that fee so I know I can play online, so I can talk to my friends, and, you know, and I can do a few other tasks. The free games are a bonus, and I enjoy them. But if my, if for some reason I was to let something lapse, there is no game that I would lose that I would be upset about. Except maybe like Rocket League, which then I would go out and buy a physical copy, right? right. And so, my the thing that you always have to be concerned about is that with GameStops closing stores and reporting sales down, and you know, which is your number one retailer for physical games and people bitch like and, and everyone knows i'm i have my problems with gamestop okay i but at the same time i understand gamestop needs to survive it needs to continue if we want the world that we have now with games if you want to be able to go buy a physical game a physical disc and you want to be able to put it on your shelf for because you're a collector or something or your favorite games coming out, you know, Jazzy wants the collector's edition of Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, if GameStop fails and these services start to show promise, then Blockbuster disappears, right? Mm -hmm. And and all these all these other companies disappear, and eventually you live a digital world like we are in music and movies and TV shows. And then all of a sudden, you don't own anything. Yeah, you pay, you pay for something, and yeah, if you go buy a new PlayStation, you can re-download it, but the second that Sony flips that server off, you don't own shit. It's gone. The second Nintendo says, oh, the eShop's never coming back, you don't own anything. They're gone. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> my whole thing for me, and, and it's funny because I remember the day where I bought CDs, and I was like, fuck iTunes. I'm never... Digital music? That's dumb as hell. Give me a CD any day. That way, like, I have it. It's physical and it's mine. And now I'm digital everything, right? Like, digital yeah. music all the I way. I can't tell you the last time I bought a CD. I don't even buy music digitally anymore. You know what I do? I pay a service of $10 a month to Google, and I just get a library yeah. where Google I Google or stream Amazon shit. Music or... Yeah. yeah. So, like, you know... So even that changed, and, and so ga and gaming is going that way. We're, we're seeing digital sales going up every year. The thing that I that scares me is that I don't want this to become the next garbage 
garbage industry, the garbage market, where it's like, all right, jumps up here for $10 a month and skips over here for $15 a month and steams over here for $10 a month and Juju's over here for $5 a month. And, you know, like, it, it's just like we got Loot Crate, Loot Box, and Marvel Marvel yep. Collector's Core, and Star Wars Bounty Hunter Box, and Bark Box. And, like, like the subscription thing is out of control in this world. You can get a subscription to anything. And, I, and, and here's the thing. I don't want to. I don't want to bash our own sponsor because we got we got Detroit Beard Collective. We love them, and they have a beard crate. They have their own spot. Like everybody has one right now. Mm-hmm. So like for me, I'm just sitting here like you. You got fucking services. They're like, <laughs> we will send you a box of clothes every month, and you'll fill out a thing. fill out like a scenario. You know, a, a personality report. Yeah, and they'll and try we'll to recommend. They'll clothes try for you. to dress you for right. God's sakes. Okay, so. I'm sitting back here. I'm like, man, I really don't want my game industry to go that direction. I just, I just don't. I want to just be able to go in the store like, like my wife did earlier today, and just say, I want near Automata, and I want it, you know, physical copy in my hand, and here it is. Like, I don't want to have to be like, all right, cool. I'm gonna get the collector's edition, Jazzy. Oh, cool. What's the collector's edition come with? Um, well, it comes with. Uh, this this digital pet doll and three shaders. Oh, and a digital download of the soundtrack. It's like, oh, yeah. well, um, man, remember back in the day when you bought the collector's edition of Horizon Zero Dawn? You got a sweet statue, physical statue that's on your shelf of Aloy. Yeah, a steel case. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, right? You know. And I'm not saying they're all great. Like, we've, yeah, we, there's some book. shitty ones out there. But. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But you uh, hold on. Because. You're overlooking one thing. With a subscription-type service for gaming, you will be able to still have the physical copy of games in your hand. It'll be called Blue Box, and then you got to return it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be at all the local uh, breweries and uh, yeah. <laughs> drugstores. And I mean, there's companies out there like Limited Run. Uh, or I am 8-Bit or whatever, they are making, they're taking games that are digital and they never had a physical release and they're, and they're giving them a physical release, be it a limited run, but they're, they're out there trying to combat this, this swing in the industry, right? So I'm not uh, totally against digital. Like, I understand digital. There's, there's an advantage of picking up my Nintendo Switch and being able to switch between games without having to pop a cartridge out. I get it. It's why it's one reason why you like buying digital on your PS4. We go out to Seattle. We're at PAX West. We're having a blast, and it's like, oh man, I need to jump on, you know, Destiny to check out what Zer has. So you know, you, you remote in, you flip out, you, you quit out of Overwatch, you jump over to Destiny, you launch it, you're in. Me, I I log in, I go, oh, I left the Overwatch disc in. Oh well, turn it off. Like right, I get there's right. there is there is advantages to it, absolutely, but you know at the same time for me a collector someone that someone that you know when I walk into my game room and I have shelves all throughout the room just covered in games, that's what I like. I I like walking in and staring at my Metroid games and looking at and you know and looking at my my collection. It's just it's cool. Even if I'm not playing all those games, it's something that I have built, something that I have made. You know, and hunted for. And some of these things are, you know, they're 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 like 
they're prizes now at this point. Mm-hmm. They're 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 amazing. So the yeah. trophies. There we go. Trophies. Yeah. But I think I think to f- to further your point, it's it's not that it's going to go away because in the mu- music industry. We don't like to purchase CDs, but they're still out there because people still. Barely. But and that's the thing; they're still there for the people who want them. Same thing with Blu-rays, DVDs. Not so much anymore because I think that's kind oh, of yeah. a dying, yeah. a dying breed. But the, you're still going to have both. So if Jump and Skip and all these other Hopscotch, whatever you want to call it, all these services come up, you're still going to have the physical copy gaming industry around. The problem is the physical copy gaming industry right now is already difficult to find the items you want in your local area or online this is just going to make it even harder because there's not going to be as many of them around yeah and i think uh, well i think the problem too is it's a lot of this is uh fake fake uh supply and demand you know like some some of these things that you're that you want to reference like i don't know nes classic the demand was there and and nintendo didn't didn't supply it so the the craziness of uh, and the rush of trying to find one wasn't it wasn't because everyone wanted one it was because Nintendo didn't release enough of them for the small group that did and I say small like there's millions of people that bought them and there's millions of people more that wanted them but in the grand scheme of things that is small okay in the grand scheme of the world it's a small percentage and so a lot of these companies they do that they they you know and i go to nintendo because it's easy with like their amiibo stocks and their and and you know their their nintendo switch stocks and things like that where they're just like oh well you know uh the sales um beat our expectations and i'm like you you went around the country i'm just going to talk about north america right now you went around the country before you before you launched your system and you and you had people play it you damn well knew that this thing was hot you knew it Mm-hmm. I knew it when I left Pack South. When I put that thing down, I go, fuck. This thing's sweet. <laughs> and I was and I was you and I were both like, I don't know about this. This could be it. This could be the end for Nintendo. And then I got my hands on it and I was like, wow. This thing is way cooler than I ever expected. Yeah. And, and so like that that wasn't just us. That was thousands and thousands of people that you got that feedback from and then you're like oh well we didn't you know shame on us didn't know didn't know it was gonna sell yeah and i could (laughs) it's just silly to me because being a business like your your whole kind of goal as a business is to make money right so so it's like hey we have the you know these cupcakes and they're delicious you and and the cupcakes i know i love cupcakes man and we've uh sent a two dozen sample taste tests out and every single one of those people loved our cupcakes. So when we open our cupcake shop, we know we're going to sell the shit out of these cupcakes. It's like, well, we only make 600 cupcakes a day, but the demand for them is 1,200. So it's like, so make another damn cupcake factory and make another 600 cupcakes because I don't know about you, but it's more money. And isn't that what you uh, started this whole thing up for to begin with? So Yeah. And they did ramp up production they, and they are they are trying to get extra units into the industry. So I mean they did react, but I was just surprised at the how slow they reacted. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, you know, part of it for some companies, and I and I don't think Nintendo falls into this category because of the amount of money that they have. They you know, they they've now taken the number one spot in video games as far as wealth uh, away from Sony again. Yep. Okay, so 
But when a normal company comes out, like Jump, and they say, okay, we're going to build this platform. We're going to build this service. We need, you know, five racks with X amount of servers, X amount of switches, X amount of this. We're going we're gonna to work with, you know, this provider to give us internet connection. This is going to be our backup provider. This is going to be our air conditioning company. This is going to be our, you know, all that shit you have to figure out so that you can even build your what you have. Mm-hmm. And that's just on the server side. You're not even talking about facilities and, and, and employment, employee, employees and all that stuff, right? But you have, you have to budget and you have, to have, you have that expectation and, and that, you know, the red line, right? And, and so you play in between those lines in the sense that, like, yeah, I can go for the stars. But if I miss, I crash and burn and there's no surviving. I'm out in three to six months. If I go middle road and I struggle a little bit, and I, but I can react to it, maybe I push through to a year, and because of it, I'm able to buy more servers and, 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 buy, and, and hire more employees, and, and I, I build, right? I, go, I take the long road. So, I mean, I get, I get the difference, but you're Nintendo, okay? So yeah. the difference here is that you, you should have just gone for it. If you, if you believed in your product, which I believe you did, you should have gone for it. And, again... They're not having any problems. They're selling them. They're selling their systems. They're selling everything. Everything's fine. It's just an example of what I'm putting putting out here. And so, when the industry changes, though, and you start to go this digital realm, right? And GameStop goes away, and Best Buy stops carrying video games, and you can't even go into a Target and buy a game anymore. You can just go in and buy subscription cards, right? What stops Nintendo, Sony, and Xbox from basically just going, cool, we're going to beat everybody. We're going to go, we're going to make the best service. We're going to go and buy up all the best games. We're going to go, we're just going to put out companies like Jump out of business. Or we're just going to buy them and consume them into our brand. Because Mm -hmm. that's what happens. So, like, again, Blockbuster could have bought Netflix, and they didn't. And guess what? Netflix is here, and Blockbuster wishes they bought them because they're gone. So, you know, that's what's going to happen. And when that happens, when the market turns into that world, and you have digital, three digital stores, let's just say, Sony, Xbox, and Nintendo, then you've basically created, you've cornered the market. You've let them, you've let these companies... They have full control now. Once that happens, they go, you know what? Our service is 20 bucks a month now. And uh, we've decided now each game can be, you know, and this is ridiculous. I'm, I'm going way out over the edge here. Each game can be played for five hours and then you have to, you know, pay an extra fee. Like, there's nothing stopping them from doing that, right? So we, <laughs> when when you look at it, it's like, to be able to go to a store, pick up a game, pay the whatever, let's just say 60 bucks, and it's yours. You play it as much as you want, you give it to your friend, you, you stream it, whatever it is you want to do, it's yours. You know, we pay for a service that's interesting. We pay for an Adobe service here. And it gives us a lot of tools. But it's interesting when you think about the fact that we don't own any of the product. We don't own 
Audition, Photoshop, Illustrator. We don't we don't own it. The second our the second our bill doesn't get paid, it's gone. But you go look at the last three years that we've done the podcast, and you think about what we've paid every month, and you tally that all up, and it just keeps building, right? We're let's just we're doing this for another ten years, and we stay we stay this route because it's Adobe's only route nowadays. You don't because Adobe found out well. Everyone was pirating our, our hard copies. People were still buying it, but we were the number one pirated software. We go, we go cloud-based. You can't steal our shit anymore. And we just continuously make money off you, and you don't own anything. The second you stop, we go, cool, thank you for your $2,000 over the last five years. We'll see you when you come back. <laughs> yep. Right? And so, like, that that scares me. That, that That's not an industry that I... I thoroughly enjoy it's like the adobe example is a necessity for us we use it it's a very good tool for us and could we go out and let's just say they were all available to buy physical copies of could we go out and afford every every tool out there uh full price for adobe no we couldn't we'd have to we'd have to be selective we'd have to say well we need audition and we need this and that right and that's what we're going to have to run with for now you know, or but this way we get everything. We can even we can experiment with game development. We can experiment with website development. We can experiment all these things because we get all the tools. But the bottom line is, eventually there's a break point. Eventually we're going to look at ten years down the road and we're like, whew, damn, we've paid these people fifty thousand dollars. Now if we're making a shit ton of money, who cares at that point, right? But like right. when you think about that, it's like holy. It's the same thing for me. In my opinion, like I own my house, right? I pay a mortgage. I, I bought my house. And then versus someone that like leases or is in an apartment. I was in a townhouse for, for years and I found myself not wanting to do anything to the house, to the townhouse because it wasn't mine. Because the day that I had to leave, I'd have to revert it back. Yep. It just, it, for me, it was like, yeah, I can make this so that I, you know, and I did to an extent make it where it was my own living space, but I didn't like, necessarily paint the colors I wanted to paint. I didn't put on, you know, secure fixtures in in that place that maybe I wanted because it all would have had to change the second I wanted to leave. And that's to me like that's the difference is that I would rather I like the ownership. I like knowing that I look out and say, I go in my game room and I say, these are my games. If I want to sell that one I can. If I want to let my friend borrow that one I can. If I want to play that one I can. And that, that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest concern of this service. Like, yep. Jump is on the small scale. It's indie-based. Indies don't have physical yeah. games. So, like, for me, I'm like, cool. You know, I want, I want to see indies get any platform they can possibly get. But with Xbox Pass coming out, PS, PlayStation Now coming out, you know, we're, we're already seeing it. Nintendo hasn't launched one yet, but they're about to. Near the end of the year, you're, you're going to be getting free games with their Nintendo online service, right? right? So it's just, it's happening in small little ways. And Nintendo tried to, Nintendo tried to tweak it a bunch, even on the physical side, back when they launched the Xbox, saying, uh, games are like, are, once you put a game into the system, it ties it to that system. You couldn't even let your friend borrow a physical game. And that's where you saw the huge outcry. And it was the, it was the reason why the Xbox had, one reason why the Xbox had such a rough start to the point where X, Microsoft had to go, we changed our minds, we, we heard what you said, we're not going to do that. Come on back. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, you can see that the, that the fan base is not ready. 
because Xbox tried something like that in 2014 and it, and it blew up in their face. But at the same time, now you see what people are doing. Instead of that, people saw Xbox make the mistake and they go, okay, how can we weasel our way in a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, and then every year we just weasel our way a little bit more, a little bit more until we do get what we want, you know? And that's us as a, as a, as, as a fan base, as a community. That's our job. You know, that's our job to make sure we keep them in check. They're only in existence. They only make games. They only do what they do because we play it, because right. we want it. And so bottom line is, you know, if you don't support this, make sure that it's voiced. Make sure that it's out there. Make sure you don't agree with it. Make sure you're, bu- if you're, make sure you're buying your physical games. Make sure you're supporting. Maybe you hate GameStop. Still support your local game shop. Even if it's, even if it's, uh, you know, if it is GameStop or if it is a privately owned little, you know, mom and pop shop, entrepreneur, support it because those are the people you need to survive in order to keep your community healthy. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think Jump is uh, a unique concept. I think that, it, and I'm hoping that it will do well, specifically because it's indie-based. I think that, like you said, the indie uh, developers need to be able to have a platform in any way, shape, or form they can. And if they can get a large group of people to hop on this service and get those developers the, you know, the players that they need for their games, it'll be it'll be a, a big thing. I think uh, once you put the uh, the three big dogs into the fight, that's when you're going to start having to worry. So I think as soon as you start to see those subscription services that have the AAA titles, that have the new releases, that have the, you know, you can get it here two weeks before you can get it anywhere else sort of deals, that's when you're going to start, you know, worrying about uh, this type of service. Yeah, and they're trying to do that too with the whole like, you know, hey, pre-order it online, you're going to get two-day two day early beta access, things like exactly. that. Exactly. But, you, you you know, and that's a good point is that when you see these AAA games come out, the reason why PlayStation Now and even Xbox Pass or whatever the hell it's called, um, the reason why they're not working right now is A, there's latency issues, but B, I can go out and I can buy a used copy of that game for, you know, some of these games for five, five to ten bucks mm-hmm. because they're that old, right? And so, like, or I can go pay a service for ten dollars, but really only three of those games that interest me. Do I want to pay you ten dollars? And then four months later, I've spent forty. Again, only three of those games matter to me. Or I go spend thirty and I own those three games forever until mm-hmm. I don't want to. You know, and and once once that ability to that goes away, then I only have this option, and I go I go give them my ten dollars a month. Yep, and that just depends on the type of person you are. You know, the world's got you know a split as as to you know the type of people that are going to want. I mean, for crying out loud, I personally go to the grocery store and I shop for the groceries I want because hey, there might be something else that I didn't think of or. Uh, there was a meal that looked really good that I could put together. Okay, I'm going to go grab my groceries. I bring them home. I unpack them. They have grocery services now that you don't even have to get up from your couch. No. They'll shop from you and deliver it like Uber to your front door. Yep, like, exactly. So, you know, there's there's going to be people that are going to, you know, jump all over the services that are coming up that are like Jump. 
and there's going to be people that absolutely hate them. You know, we happen to be two people that I wouldn't necessarily say that I, I, I hate the idea and the concept. I'm just worried about where it could lead. I mean, I, I'm both, I'm in the middle again, because I use some of these services, some of these subscription services and I hate some of them, you know? So I, I or I, I guess hate's a strong word. I, I don't agree with some of them. So like, I just, you know, it's tough because there are some aspects of it where it's like, it's just super nice to pop on Hulu, th- grab grabs Parks and Rec and, and throw whatever episode I want of the entire series on without having to really do anything besides just grab my TV remote. You know, at the other end, you know, I do have a game room that is my baby and I, and I love it, you know? So like for me, it's like when, if there's a game and it's physical and digital, if there's both options... 90% of the time, maybe like 98% of the time, I buy the physical. You know, if it's a digital only, like example, Ori in the Blind Forest, one of my favorite games. When it first came out, it was digital only. I bought it right away. But then the second that the physical edition came out, I bought it. Mm-hmm. So I own both, which is crazy. You know, sometimes that's nuts. Like people are like, like, man, I, I don't know how many copies of, of Shovel Knight I own. It, it's out of control. I own it on like Vita, PS4, um, the switch, <laughs> like, but that's a game that a when I buy that physical copy, and, and when I buy the digital copy, I mean the developer gets something of it. But when I buy the physical copy, I know the developer is getting something. I'm getting something. It, it's just it's a win win to me, and it's a game. It's something again I get to put on my shelf. So like, I don't know. I, I'm very much the physical side over the digital, but I will buy digital if it's my only option. And Switch has really pushed that envelope because every week we get several games that are digital only. You know, like Mighty Gun Volt Burst is really cool. It's only digital. Ten bucks. Um, um, Master Blaster Zero. One of my favorite games on the Switch. Ten dollars digital only. Now if that game was physical, I would have bought it in a heartbeat. Right? But it wasn't. Right. So I, I find my reasons to use it, use it, but I also at the same time still side over here majority of the time with the physical. But yeah, I don't know. Let us know what you think. You know, obviously in our group we have we have a very balanced side where we ha- we have fans that are 100% digital. We have people that are just like me that collect everything. So hop on over to motorcitygaming.com, join the Discord. We hang out there every day. We talk video games every day and we can we can keep this topic going. We can talk about why you think digital is the future and it's important that it's successful or or you can side with me and say that you want to you want to live in an arch- archaic world where there's physical something all the time which is just not going to happen but I can I can dream. So let us know, join the discord. A lot of fun, but this has been our topic. I, anything else you wanted to say on it? Um I kind of hogged the mic the whole show. Yeah, so I guess the only thing that I'll bring up that uh you rate didn't I don't want to say I don't want to say neglected, but didn't bring up is uh, you know if you do go the digital route, there's you know normally passcodes and stuff like that involved, so it's very hard for people to you know get get into my game. Whereas you know if you buy a physical game and I want, it, I'll just come beat your ass. <laughs> Uh, I'll just hack your account and <laughs> steal yeah, everything in one minute. Yeah. <laughs> On top of it, your credit card will be saved there. So not only will I steal all your digital games, but then I'll just go rack up, max out your credit card. Yeah, there you go. You'll, you're going to be in for a, a sad... Thieves, thieves <laughs> will always find a way and, and you know, call them hackers or call them whatever in this next generation of, of, of stealing, but... Jumpers. You, yeah. You, 
I had something to throw at you right now, I would. <laughs> but anyways. What, what if yeah. they really were called jumpers in the future? You're going to be like, God damn it, Jesse. That's why I'm just going to strangle you with a microphone cord. That's all. <laughs> a physical microphone cord. Because physical, those will right. always be around, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah, right. But, yeah, so let us know what you think of Jump. This is the way that things are going. We, you know, it's yeah. it, it. Just I think there needs to be a balance. I think, and I think the 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 leaders of that decision, the leaders that are going to contribute and make that happen, are us. It's gonna be. It's it's all about the gamers. And I think I think sometimes our community is, you know, and, and many communities I think get lost in this. We control the industry. If we don't buy into something that they do, they won't do it anymore. Right. And so. You could like when you think about that, and and a gaming company or a developer or something does something that you don't like. Make sure that you don't just sit back here and, and complain. That you're that you're public about it. Use these free avenues to to explain why you don't like it. And sometimes people are just you know they're ridiculous. Oh, I don't like it because you changed. You know, it used to be green and now he's you know yellow green. That's not fair. Like well. Okay, man, like, that's probably a little crazy. But, like, you know, when I have a physical game and I can't give it to you, Jazzy, to try out, that's a problem. Right. <laughs> okay? That's a huge problem. And, you know, people voice their opinion and quickly change the mind of the behemoth Microsoft. Like, it can be done. So, again, the retro community, the physical game community, gamers in general, keep your industry healthy control your industry, help shape it the way that you want to see it in the future. And, you know, just remember that this is, this is our world. You know, they, they, they love it. And, and you have developers and stuff that make games because they love games. But in the end, it, it all exists because of us. If we weren't here, they wouldn't be here. So just understand that. I'm not, I'm not saying hold the industry like by their throats and threaten them, but understand that we do have some ability to help shape what we love. Mm-hmm. Also, support us on Patreon. Or I'll choke you digitally. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he won't even do that. I won't. I won't let him do I'll that. I'll thank you, though. Yeah. Digitally. Because you'll get early access to great stuff like everything we just talked about with Jump being the new Netflix of video games and uh, other great perks. So head on over to patreon.com slash podcast and start your patronage yesterday. Jumpers. Jump fucking Time jumpers. traveling bitches. All right, well, thanks for tuning in to episode 19 of the GameZilla Alpha. We want to thank yeah. our sponsor one last time, the DetroitBeardCollective.com. Use that code MCGAMING at checkout, and you will save 20% on all orders over $25. Yep. And we could keep talking all day, but we have to go uh, film our next upcoming movie, in which is called Jumper... Hyphen S. I I am going to not do that, but I am going to go figure out how to digitalize my whole video game library because uh, digitalization is the future and physical games are dead. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Well, until next week, keep playing those physical games, please. And until you hear our sexy voices one more time, game, game on. on.